Necessity is the mother of invention, so get ready for a mother of a ride. Gas up your laptops, your tablets, and devices, cause our asses are all quarantined inside. More and more every day, the world it feels so very far away. Less and less things to do, so pull up a chair and let us talk to you. I'm Summer. I'm Andrea. She teaches English. She's a historian. And this is the More and More Everyday Podcast. A daily blog and interview series to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in a world on the brink of change. 2020, the year of COVID-19, quarantine, and social change. Welcome everybody back to the weekly recap. I believe this is weekly recap two. Okay. Because Cody and I did weekly roundups, and then you and I changed the title. And so I think this is only our second one, our second weekly recap. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Andrea and Summer here. Remember to our listeners, if you're um, starting to from the beginning, you probably have discovered that Cody's voice has has kind of not been around much, and then we're, we've introduced Andrea. So you, if you haven't listened to all the weekly recaps, just a reminder that uh, Cody has gone to the production side of the podcast, and Andrea has graciously joined us as the co-host for the More and More Everyday podcast. Yeah. Um, more and More Everyday is a blog and podcast, an interview series meant to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers on the brink of change, on an era on the brink of change. And it is brought to you by South Mountain Community College and the South Phoenix Oral History Project. Awesome. So Andrea, tell us how you were doing. How was your week? Highs, lows? Um, my highs, just getting a little, you know, nerd. I was in, like, you know, I was in California. So just, and then just turning on the television and seeing, you know, Arizona, you know, oh. whoa, they're the, in yeah. the world, they're yeah. the, you know, Number of cases are, you know, uh, ramping up there. So just a little, hmm, a little unsettling yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, just still not sure about, you know. Then I'm reading, you know, my Facebook. Everyone's, you know, I have a lot of teacher friends, so mm-hmm. they're very concerned about going back to school. You know, putting ourselves in at risk and also the students at risk. And so just a lot of talk about that. Um, but health-wise, I'm, you know, I'm trying to take care of myself, which is very important, you know. So trying to get the exercise. And I hate the heat. Yes. So um, it's, it was hot where I was, too. I, I'm in Redlands, too. So it was kind of warm, but not this type of heat. Not 116 degrees, which it's supposed to be today. Yes. I'm so you know. sorry. So hanging in there, though. Just happy to be here. Yeah. And, you know, we say above ground, right? Yep. You know, yep. got made the roll call this morning so yeah yeah what about you um highs uh, my summer class they're ending this week mm. so and and it's not a high that's over because it's a great class but it's been a high because i've i've kept most of the students they've made it through they're mostly passing yes. it's just a really like oh they're making it through this tough time um and it's just nice to have another thing to like Teachers were so lucky because we every semester we have a project and then it ends. Oh, and then yeah. we have another project and then oh, it yeah. ends. Yeah, right? Light at the end of the tongue. Always. Right? Always light Always. at the end of the tongue. So like that, that feels good. Um, Cody and I are working on uh, a garden in our backyard. Oh I'll God. have to show you. It's so beautiful. Anything so in particular that you're corn, starting with? Corn. Squash, cucumber. Oh, I got to plant pumpkin this week. Oh. Uh, spinach. 
Green beans. Oh my God. I know. I know where to come now. Yes. yes. Well, I I mean, I, how many pumpkins can a person really yeah, use? Yeah, right? you so might win the pumpkin contest. <laughs> you get like the biggest a, pumpkin. You get like a bag of 45 seeds and you're like, I am not. I only need one pumpkin. Yeah, <laughs> so, so all you need is one pumpkin. So I'll and, have yeah. some pumpkins for you. Um, let's see. Any other high? Oh, um, the Southwest Oral History Association um, has is sponsoring a workshop on remote interviewing on July 31st, and I'm one of their highlighted speakers. Oh my god! Yeah. So and I'll send you the link. this is out of where is this? At? So it's a regional organization through the Oral History Association. The regional kind of um, partner is Southwest Oral History Association. Yeah. And oh my god! I know. I know. And then I think I forwarded you the link to the Columbia. I saw series. that. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. You yeah. Should, that should, sounds should really interesting. But it says together. like a degree. Is it like a degree? Okay. When so I the on it. oh, um, it's the Columbia Oral History Masters program yes the best graduate program in the country arguably okay. for oral history um and so they're putting on a series of online workshops yeah. oh my gosh yeah. and now i yeah. feel like i'm in oral history now you, you know, are right? come to the dark side yes we did the pro- <laughs> we did the remember we did the project at asu yeah we yep. kind of uh, oral yeah, history so across i feel like hey, you know i can at least say that i did it you know the other high andrea i have is that you and i are getting to work together yes i'm so excited yeah. And yes. I love being in the, the same spot instead of on. I know. Zoom. I know. I keep looking at you like, oh, she's so beautiful. Yeah, we're here today. <laughs> I'm doing the same things. Well, so we're here today together. So and it's I a love, blessing. It's we're a blessing. working on like a race training for our campus. Mm-hmm. And we're working for a potential race training retreat, which would be cool. Oh, yes. It's just I'm neat. so excited. So many things. Like I find myself getting up in the morning. And uh, that, that's why that's how I know I love the work. Because I get my get up in the yes. morning. And then I'm, I say, okay, I got an agenda. Or, yeah. okay. Hey, I found this fantastic video where everybody else like it. I'm not sure. You know, I really think it's, you know, so it's, it's fun work and it's important work. It is. So that's, it is. that's, you know, that's why I know we need to do that's it. That's why we do so, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about this last week. Uh, like I said, I listened to, uh, the, this one, when Cody was the co Oh yes. Person. Um, and I interview. listened to mm-hmm. the Eatman. Yeah. Talk um, to us about it. Wow. I just, you know, it was like an hour. And yeah. I, it yeah. didn't, it just was so informative. I, I can understand why he was the keynote speaker. He yeah. just, a lot of things just sort of resonated with me. The first thing he said, it was on in early on in the interview. And I tried to go back and find where it was, but I was getting all confused. But when he, and I just really started thinking about this too, when he said, um, you know what? I'm not trying to hang around people who. <sighs> yes are not giving me something and that and he didn't mean monetarily he means of his self positive Mm -hmm. energy and i agree with that yeah you know i found the quote where it says you are the sum total of the five people you hang around the most so now i'm looking like oh i don't want to hang around you oh i don't want to be that yeah (laughs) right oh man i've never heard that quote. the positivity the positivity if you Mm -hmm. are offering positivity that's going to help me grow i'm going to help you grow and you're not the negative Nancy or the bitter Bob, you yeah, know, you, yeah. I, that really resonated with me. I'm like, oh, he thinks that too? Well, yes. I certainly do too. I think he said that. And I couldn't remember really why he early. said that. Yes, like, really I think, early. I think he said it as we were, cause you know, when we interview people, we start up kind of a conversation yes. and then we get the recording going yes. and just kind of make it. I think he said that before the interview actually started, before the formal questions. And I kept it in. Cause like you, I was like, that's good. That stuff. is good. And that's when do we, stuff. and then he was almost embarrassed too. He said, 
you know, I don't want to mean to sound, you know, crass. He said, I don't mean to sound crass, but, right. you know, but, but I'm not hanging out. I'm not trying to hang around anybody. He said no, that, that is not bringing, he said, yeah. I, when I get, when you get me, you get everything, you get my energy, yeah. you get my, so I'm not having, you know, I want positivity, you know, that's yes. what we need in this world. We need yes. positivity. So I'm starting thinking, then I remember that quote, you're the sum total of the five, of five people around you. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But that, but then it was a good thing. It was like, okay, I like the five people that I hang around with, you Man, know, if isn't I had that, that true. Yeah. Do so you know whose quote that is? I don't know. I just kind of, it rings in my mind. And when he said that, and then you hear, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, I follow Oprah and things and she kind of, you know, we get you, you, because in, if you hang around those people, you get inner, you get energy. There's yeah. no negative. Well, that's why I always want to hang out with you. Yeah, I know. We're on the same. Yeah, we're on the same thing. Just so want to hang out with you. That all the was time. great when he said that. That when he once he said that, I'm like, okay, I'm I know you're gonna have a lot of good things to say. Yes, I think you and I talked about this too. But he talked about the you know with the COVID, the social distance mm. terminology mm-hmm. not mm. being a good one. No. He's a sociologist, right? right. So yep. we need people. Yep. We need to um, connect socially. So. Mm-hmm. Um, more of the term physical, physical yes. distance, yeah. not socially. Where so, does social so distance come ice, from? I don't know who. Where did that word that. come from? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's definitely what we. Definitely and it doesn't really said. make any sense. Like you're at Bashes or Starbucks, and there's these signs that say social distancing, but you're not socializing. Yeah, with, with the those people. people so right? it's really so it's, strange. Like what? It's physical. It's a distance. negative. It's a negative. I think it's just a negative, and you know yeah. our mind is. Yeah. You know, very, very smart, right? So we yeah. have all of these things. And I think it's just like a negative energy that, that you want to take that out. Like the physical distance. In that, his uh, keynote for the AAC and you, that was the moment that I said to myself, I I really want to invite him mm. to be an early an early narrator because yes. we hadn't, we didn't know what we were doing yet. Yes. But he, that specific point he made about the social aspect of distancing is dangerous, especially when we look at the, you know, class and racial structures that are keeping our students, you know, and our faculty separated Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't be socially distancing. We should be physically distancing, but not socially, not socially. Right. So just, I don't know who thought of that. I I don't don't know how that was. I don't know. Um, Okay. So, um, Tim Eatman, he is the inaugural Dean of the honors living learning community at Rutgers University Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and an associate uh, professor of urban education at Rutgers. He also has um, experiences working with a consortium called, I think it's called Imagining America. Mm. Um, And he does a lot of research on the power of the imagination, oh, yes, the power of thought, what, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Such a great, such a great person. He talked to talk a little with. bit about that too. Yeah. Yes, and what that means. It's yeah. Very, oh, I'm so glad you listened. Yeah, I'm so glad yeah, you liked the, it. The imagination was great. just yeah, with the power that we have that we need to tap into. Yes. That was what I yeah. got from that. The and power it ended we have kind of positive, didn't it? Yes. It didn't end sad or worried. I mean, there's concern there. Yeah. But he ended on a really positive note. And then also, and this is coming out again, you know, I just don't know, you know, where, I just don't know where I fall on this, you know, being an educator, you want to get back to the classroom. That's what, you know, I think you mentioned it one time Mm -hmm. where we, we're like the stand-up comic. <laughs> stand-up comedians where our careers went south. Yeah, our, we're stand-up comedians, but our careers went south. Definitely. You, I love, you know, I love, I, when I get all, I don't, I get all of my energy when I'm there. And I, yeah. I think the students take from that, but I'm just so concerned. And then just to hear, 
you know, some of my, you know, colleagues or not just at the college, but also around the state, just so worried, you know, and even so worried. nationally hearing people who, you know, have gotten sick or yeah. whatever. And even with the recent, um, it makes you think, and I think Eatman brought this out. Um, our goal as educators, as staff, as faculty is to try to keep ourselves, you know, healthy, mm -hmm. but you know, our our students. Mm -hmm. And then we have to question, you know, some of these colleges bringing their athletes yeah. who, who are largely, um, you know, students of color yeah, and um, mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. for sporting events where there's not going to be any fans. You know, I can understand if the fans are like, yay, team, but why are we doing that? Yeah. We're not, we're putting them, of course, you know, scholarship gives them opportunity. Maybe they might, but we're really putting them in harm's way. And it just questions. And, you know, I know there's a lot of money tied into it. So it just makes you really, mm. really, you know, question, you know, I mean, it's hard. And I hate to say, I, um, you know, to be blessed, to have a job and, and that, and you hate to say, you know, cause you know, people want to get back to work, you know, like the athletes, you know, oh maybe if they see me, I'll get a, you know, go to the yeah, it's an NFL or whatever. Yeah. It's hard for me to say that, but, um, but it, you know, so it's just, I don't know. It, yeah, it's very tough. It's that very same tough. question about the essential worker, right? Yes. Like who is essential? And it's often the people who are getting paid hourly wages exactly. with no job security, no benefits. Exactly. And then you transfer it to like, who are our essential workers when it comes to education? It's our high profile athletes mm -hmm. who, as you mentioned, yes. tend to be from more like, um, vulnerable backgrounds yes. and our teachers who already don't make very much money. Exactly. And now, you know, they're putting, now their, their lives are literally at stake. Yes. And for what? Seriously. You know? Yes, it it's is. It's nerve wracking. And it to their family. Now you know yeah. that, you know, that you don't have to have a temperature. You don't have to, you know, know, you could carry it, right? And, and, you know, people, ooh, I'm going to check the temperature when they come in. Well, that's some, what about those people who that's not just carry help. it? Yeah. It's not going to help. So it's, it's just a really scary time. And it I is. think Eatman really did, mm. um, mm -hmm. you know, touch on some of those very important things. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had another interview that we published that was also a rather uh, early interview. It was with Megan. Yes, I got yeah. Oh, did you I listen did to listen hers to, as I well? Did listen to, I did listen to Megan. You know, I was very interested. I interested in her her attitude. Mm. She's at um, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. And she's in the sciences, biology, yes, sci biology. Or something. So and she was back home with her. And she's like, ooh, it gets a little, getting a little crowded. So, yeah. you know, we know how that could be. Can you imagine going back to your childhood home and, you know, oh, my know, gosh. being like a sophomore the, in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the, oh, wow. And um, and that would be very different. I mean, we'll only remember we had, like, one bathroom. So it was like, yeah. oh, you got to come out of there now. Oh, no, no, That'd thank you. That'd be tough for adults. Yeah, that would be really tough. And um, just her attitude was very good. And she, you know, starting starting her own business, then that started, I made the connection with imagination. So there's oh, so much stuff yeah. we can do if we just tap into, oh, yeah. tap into that imagination. We, we have it in us, right? Yes. But we're so busy with everything or worried. But I like how she just made, took it a positive direction and says, yeah. okay, I'm going to make the most, you know, I think she played the violin. And you're like, okay, that's don't want to practice like that too much, but I do enjoy, you know, something that her and her grandmother used to do. Yes. So I, I really agree. did like that. And I start, you know, she wants to be a doctor. I know doctors use their hands a mm -hmm, lot. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of made 
that connection. So just very delightful. I really like the positive yep. uh, inner energy. Also, I was I always wonder how do they do the science experiments and things. So then they do it on YouTube. Yeah. I'm like what the heck? Yeah. yeah. So But at some point it's yeah. a tactile process. Exactly. You can't have a doctor or a dental hygienist who doesn't actually physically <laughs> know. Yes, exactly. So at some point and you have to get back, yeah, right? Or just doing the experiment. You know, mm -hmm. I remember being in chemistry and always being lost. But be in the chemistry and get going to get your chemicals and going to get that. Yeah. And get, I don't know, do they still have the Bunsen burner? I think Putting so. the Bunsen yeah. burner there. And then, you know, I was always the one that was totally lost. <laughs> I, was, I started out in biological science. Good thing I shifted to psychology because, honey, that was. Yeah, weren't you in the medical field for a while? I, start, yeah, I, I did, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't in the. You, you weren't know, in the operating yeah, room. Yeah. <laughs> Real soon, I said, mm, not sure. It was a dream, but not sure. So yeah. just to see how, you know, an instructor, and she said in one time for testing, they have, it has to be a live test or something on Zoom where the instructor is there. It was really, yeah. you know, very interesting. Yeah. You know, very, very interesting. There's some kind of software. I think I don't use it because mm -hmm. I don't do closed book tests in my classes. So students, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't, I, I allow open book, no, uh, open book, open note yeah, tests. Yeah, do it on your own time, <laughs> right? But there's some software that you can embed in, in your learning management system, Canvas, mm -hmm. uh, that is a browser lockdown yes. with a video. Lockdown browser. Yeah, yes. with yes. like video students as they're, I, like, oh. I just wouldn't do that. I would find other ways to assess that students. That is so stressful. They're already I, being recorded so much yeah, now. I, yeah. yeah, and no. what do you, you know, I mean, if you're trying to find the, I'm like, if you're trying to find the answer, you know, maybe there's certain things you need to make sure you know. Yeah. But if you're looking for the answer and seeking out the answer and maybe you don't know what, you know. I think that's good. From your, it's, you know. It's good. Yeah. You know. Well, she's great. I'm I'm delighted you listened to her interview. Yes. Yeah. Because I just just like you, I was like so. It was, she was like a like a hug or something. Yeah. You know, she just was so like happy and positive. She had it together. She had. She it did together. have it together. And I'm, I'm so young too. Which so is like, young. Yeah. And so she just, has these beautiful earrings. You got a yeah, pair. I have a couple I pairs. Like earrings. so great. God. And I and you made a good comment on. Um, Earrings would be a great business now because of Zoom. Zoom, yeah. yes. And you always I, have great earrings. I'm like, what kind of earrings do you oh have girl, on this time? When this is over, I'll have to show you because I have committed to having like fabulous earrings. Oh, yes. Semester. That's a good thing. I'm all laid out. I got a bunch of really big ones that are clip-on oh, so gosh. that they don't drag my yes. ear holes down. Yeah. yeah. I'm so stoked. But she was great. I agree. And I'm. this is the part where I start to wonder as a researcher. So often the conversations with faculty and experts are like, we're, we're intellectualizing yes. this. We're talking about it. Mm. We're, we're looking at the problems with students. They're really, they really try hard to put a positive spin on it. Yes. So I don't know if it's because they're not, they don't know some of the things we know, or they haven't learned some of the things mm -hmm. we've learned, mm. or if they're just because it's their life, right? They're, they're more <sighs> gritty about it. They want to, yeah. they want to see the end and they're more positive. So as we turn into the fall semester, I really want to keep interviewing students. Mm -hmm. I really want to keep reading their their words because I'm curious if those tones mm -hmm. will change yes. over time yeah. or if students will be what keeps us positive and gets us through this. Or, I don't know. Yeah, and it's such a burden they have too. It's, it's such a, a burden. It's a burden that they But they're meeting it head on. But they're meeting it head on and you know you it has to be stressful, right? And you, you know, some of that stress has to go somewhere. So, yeah. you know, this, that's why this is very important. Very important work. It's I good agree. to talk 
talk to people, yeah. communicate. And, yeah. Yeah. But excellent interview. Oh, I'm so glad. And then we didn't do any interviews this week. We, you and I didn't interview anyone this week, but last week we interviewed oh, a couple yes. folks. So do you want to talk about who we interviewed last week? Everything sort of merges together now. Keith. Keith Catone was one of them. And Catone is his? Yeah, Dr. Keith Catone. He's the one who works with youth in um, in Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Rhode Island and all the programs for for the youth there. Uh, He's an advocate for um, students of color Mm -hmm. and he's an activist. Yeah, activist. I love that. Marginalized community, communities. He is, you know, just stepping out there. I had so much to to learn from. Yeah. From him, very yeah. interesting. Very we'll interesting. Publish his interview, interview soon. His yes. is great. Yeah, very good. Then we did have. Mar- what did you think about it? Did you think about Keith? Keith, yes. What, what I, your- I I loved Keith's interview, and I'm loving all of these interviews because I feel like we're just getting an hour with these yeah. brilliant people who just are talking about themselves and their and work. And you're like, oh my God, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they don't have so to much. say or do anything special. No. I'm just delighted to, to hear to their hear. their perspectives. Yeah. yeah, and I really liked his story of, you know, he was a young teacher mm-hmm. and he brought up the idea that educational institutions can be detrimental to people of color, just like the police, yeah. just like law enforcement oh, or can. the justice system and how <sighs> his white colleagues really shut him down when he brought that concern oh, yes. up. The right? conversation yes. 20 years ago, and it's still it's happening. still with him, and it's still happening with us. Yes. We're seeing it all the time. I really like that. Shot, what, what was the comment? The comment was in a meeting he had with stat with faculty, was that he could see some comparison with teaching yeah. and policing, policing too, mm-hmm. especially our students mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it, it just really. How can you say that? And then. With the recent, you know, things that are happening with George Floyd and everything, someone brought up his, yeah, or or saved the interview that he yes. did about the way he was treated, and then now people are like, "What a brave thing to do!" Yeah, what yeah. A, you know, it's <laughs> you know, I it's yeah, and I keep saying this, and I will say it several times. That's why this the work that we do is very very important because yeah. we see that things aren't changing. No. Well, I'm going to be hopeful have not changed. Things no. we're talking about 50 years ago, 20 years ago, we're still saying the same thing. Mm. We still aren't, you know, we aren't there and we're going to keep talking until, you know, communicating until we get there. So yeah, yeah. I, I did forget that he did. Yeah. That was the whole. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. And he got how me, brave of oh, him too. How brave. And, a, and then to commit a, his life to activism and, and working with young kids and teaching young kids to be activists yeah. themselves. Like, yeah, he didn't just say like, yeah, you're right. People are racist and the world stinks. Like yeah. he, th- he turned like, it on its head. Yeah, it's he so said, cool. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do what I can. Yeah. yeah I love that. I'm going to do what I can. I'm yes. going to educate. Yes. And I, and you know, then we think of whatever we're calling it now, anti-racist teaching, mm, culturally mm-hmm. responsive teaching, but he is showing, and I, when you, when he, he does, yeah, he's making them act, his mm-hmm. students activists too. Mm-hmm. And that's very empowering. Yeah. Yes. To know that you have power, you know, and we talk about this a lot and oh, we'll continue to talk about that. We have to talk to our students about race. Yes. 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 We can't just let them experience that. And then come back in and go, oh, nothing's happened. You know, let's um, take out your science books. Yeah, right. <laughs> Turn to page 302. Or, you know, or whatever. Let's read some, you know, I don't know. Um. 
Oh, I agree. I, I, you know, um, The Great Gatsby or something. Yeah, I love The Great Gatsby. No, Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, but engage it's in like the material. we have to, but empowering the students to say, hey, yeah. I know it's happening in, out there, and this is what I can do. And being yeah. an instructor who can just do that for students, if yes. you're not doing anything else, you are, you know, yep. whatever. So I, my hat, if I had one, would go off to, <laughs> <laughs> would go out to him. So I agree. And then we interviewed Miranda Rivers. Oh, Miranda so tell Rivers. us about her. Yes. Miranda um, is from the the United States Institute of Peace, mm, mm-hmm. you know, with her with her group, she writes publications uh, for the United States Institute of Peace and tries to influence policy. Yes, right? and most of their work is for nonviolence. So cool. So they there's certain countries that people in her team. I think Miranda had uh, Africa. They have Guatemala, mm-hmm. trying to get leaders in those areas to make change, but non-violently. Mm, mm-hmm. But I can tell you what, you know, it's very, you know, she takes that in. And Miranda Rivers is my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> She's brilliant. So she takes, thank you, she takes she takes that in, and it's not an easy job, you know, no. when you're trying to, yeah. you know, nationally you see, you see things, you... Yeah, it's you know, big work, right? It's big work. It's, it's like, so much. And it, we do so, such important work, but there are days where it's like... We can focus so much on just details, but it can get overwhelming. Yes. It seems like her job is so big picture that sometimes it must be overwhelming because of the scope. And then, yes. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, with the George Floyd, so then that becomes, right, nonviolent protests. So then they really have to, the United States Institute of Peace really has to wrap their you know, arms around that because that is what's happening. The same thing that they're trying to get, you know, in other countries, they're, you know, that nonviolence and, and talk about that and, and it's happening here. So then that just kind of, you know, really weight, you know, weight yeah. heavy on her. And, um, yeah, you could feel yeah, that. Could, yeah. There's a lot of responsibility she, she carries. And I wonder if when we build our syllabus and our, our, um, our literature suggestions. I think her piece on how protests are one component of nonviolent change is so important because I feel like, I don't know if you see this, but we get swept up into this big discussion about protests and um, race and racism. And then we kind of move on. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, like civil rights, boom, it happened yeah. and then everything was good. And then everything's Or good. like George Floyd and the protests and two weeks later, everything Then everything different. was move on to something else. And yeah. I love that article where it really slights us, like it, it sort of guides us down a new... Mm, it's, it's just like one... there's more to do. Yeah. And there's more we can do. This is just the beginning. Right. So I, I want to I wanna use some of her articles in the future. Yeah. I think we should do that. And, yeah. and the focus, you know, she talked about, you know, the whole focus of, um, you know, the, the protests, but then we, everything else is going on and yeah. the murder of George Floyd yeah. the paper. Pro- and then we focus on the, Oh, but then they're looting over there. You know? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just so bizarre to me. So bizarre. You know, they're tearing up the neighborhood or whatever, you know, let, let's look at, let's focus on the People who are protesting, trying to bring about change mm, mm-hmm. peacefully, 
as long as there's been protests, there's been looting. Yes. There's been that, and that's an issue in itself. That is, needs to be looked at also sometimes. And I never want to make excuses, and I think that's horrible, and I think that, but sometimes that's a, you know, Okay, got you know opportun- you get it's definitely opportunist, but it's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get something here, yeah. you know. But it doesn't it. discount but the it good doesn't work. discount that. So it seems I don't and I don't know if that's like the scapegoat that we use or I, I don't know. I but don't it's it it always comes up and I remember there was an article and Martin Luther King talked about it. He said and the looting is you know, sometimes it's okay it, with the ease that maybe white people are able to get theirs. Yes. Okay. My, you know, so it's a psychological mm-hmm. thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and where does that come from? Why do people ple- feel helpless? Why do people feel that anger, that whatever? So that's a whole different thing. Let's fo- let's focus on the, those who are protesting and nonviolently yeah. and doing that. And that's another issue that we need to, to yeah. look into also. So. Good. Yeah. So, I love it. I yeah. I loved that interview with her. I, I got off that interview with her and I, I felt so hopeful, you know, yeah. that there yeah, are young very, people yes. like her working in Washington, D.C. at a time that I just I'm so uh, pessimistic about mm-hmm. the future of our government and the future of our country. And then I meet someone like her. Yeah. And I'm optimistic. Again. And her and her team. They're so yeah. just young people. Yeah. And they're, they're, yeah. you know, they're learning. They're like, you know, she'll have meetings. She'll tell me, you know, tell me, don't, I'm not, you know, saying all your business, Miranda, but, <laughs> but you know, she'll, they're working together, you know, they're figuring it out. They're learning from each other, you know, Great. um, and there's hope, but we gotta, you know, it's informed hope. Up. Yeah. It's, it's great. informed hope and, you know, we'll get there. I'm hoping with, yes. with, you know, the work. I keep saying the work we do, the work with, you know, those people who are just, you know, passionate about it. There, there will be change. Yeah. Big change. Yeah. So we'll publish those interviews upcoming. Um, I know Wasim, Andrew, uh, Mike, Chelsea, all of our regular listeners, we talk about uh, some of the interviews we're going to publish yes. and then like we don't yet. Yes. And that's because my, my wonderful co-host Andrea has offered to learn how to do some of the editing. I will. Yes. Oh yes. Please explain. We are, we will get to, and then I yeah. think of guys. Fantastic. We got to do guys. Oh yes. We got to get here. So, you know, if you're listening guy, we, we're going to get that out. <laughs> Yours was fantastic. We talked about you last time. Yeah. Um, wonderful students, you know, and, and you send me, I go, Hey, where are these interviews summer? And then you, so I'm almost I'm there and you show me all these lists, but it's a process, it you is. know, it takes like two hours or something At to, least. Yep. to edit and do that. So, you know, I, I, I really want to, hopefully I can help you can because yeah. yeah, we, we want it to be what, what's happening now. And cause I noticed I can even imagine like the, um, the Eatman, right. Mm-hmm. I, his interview just dropped, but it was before oh, yeah, the George like, Floyd, right? I know. It was April like second that we yeah, interviewed yeah. Him. early, early. So yeah. you know, really captured that time. But yep. you know, we'll we'll get them out. We will. You know, we'll get them there. out. It's just us, right? <laughs> you know, and poor Cody's. Cody are, helps yeah, us and, hook up the wires. Yes. Well, we've got a couple Twitter Q and A's. Um, we had a new listener, Mike. I just I just gave him a shout out. He reached out to me today oh. with a whole bunch of stuff, which oh my is gosh. awesome. And he's a student? 
He is a teacher. Oh. He's a middle school science teacher in Arizona in the public schools. Oh. And my then his God. wife works, uh, Chelsea is uh, works for a nonprofit and she is a graduate student right now. So we've got a teacher and a student in the same oh household. My and they uh, he said that they listened to our weekly roundup. So this was with Cody, a weekly roundup on their drive across Florida. Oh. And that they love it. Um in it, Cody and I asked a couple questions about famous number 14s, and uh, Mike sent me a list of different 14s, because uh, we came up after, like, we couldn't think of, like, people who had the number 14, and uh, so Mike sent me Franklin Pierce as the 14th president. Uh, Larry Doby was number 14 uh, for Cleveland. He was also the first black player in the American League, second overall after Jackie Robinson. Wow. Yeah. So um, he said that they are both interested in being interviewed. We've got a teacher okay. and a graduate student interested. And he wanted to know, we have an episode coming up with um, one, of our, one of our narrators is a coach. Um, okay, yes, I think the, you told. Yeah, I think yeah. I did. The women's volleyball team of the University of um, New Mexico. Okay. And so what I'd like to do is interview an, another coach, maybe mm -hmm. a woman's coach, and then mm -hmm. drop those two episodes at the same okay. time. So he just said that he and his wife would love to be interviewed. And um, his wife in particular is an online graduate student, the wife of a teacher, and um, is a new mom of a baby at home while also working full time. So Ooh. she might be great, right? That'd be really fun to interview her. Um, wow. So that would That's be. A, and yeah. she's, I know she's working for a nonprofit. And they're very active right now. Mm -hmm. um, so she's oh, got yes, a lot going very. on. Any aha moments this week for you? Any big epiphanies or things that you learned? Oh, wow. Always, this mind is going <laughs> at all times. What were you like ruminating over a lot? Maybe not just this week, but really in the, in the recent past. What can I do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just been it. You know, that's what keeps mm -hmm. me up all night, you know. Yeah. Um, gets me up early. Yeah, what? What can I do? How can I, you know, you know, I know we're going to have a listening session, listening, learning session, and just, you know, you, you sort of think of, well, okay, I'm giving this information. I know it's important. Mm. I know maybe not everybody feels the same way. I'm hoping they do, but what can I do to... Yeah. You know, and you can only do so much. So it's just my mind's racing with with that. What can I, how can I open? And it's just not just in your own circle or everything, but it, you can just see it in the world too. Yeah. You just see it on the news. You see, you know, it's like, how, why can't you see that? Or um, So I think that, that's just sort of been grappling, mm. grappling with, you know, with, with that. And, you know, what can I do? How mm. can I bring about? you know, change. Mm. And at the same time, just um, not worry so much, but kind of, you know, we have to take care of ourselves too. Yeah. You just, some, you get, you know, um, one of my friends just lost her mother oh. and um, took COVID. It, what I, well, she, I don't think it was COVID. I think maybe something that she did have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we're only here, <laughs> you know, we're not here very long, right? You know, yeah. our, so on the earth, so just trying to just do, you know, we, and sometimes when you hear those things or lose people, then we just kind of, oh, wow, okay, this person had so much more to do or, you know, she was very involved in her church and 
you know, the greatest lady and, you know, I believe she was an educator. So you, 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 you just kind of think about that. So you just kind of try to, at the same time, take care of yourself mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. you know, make sure you're healthy so you can do yeah. those things that you, yeah. that you want to do. What about you? What have, what's kind of been on your mind? Well, as I shared with our, um, in our interview with Miranda, I've been like thinking a lot about, um, historically speaking, like th this is how empires fall, mm. right? Like social yes. and economic inequities align and, cla and clash at the exact same time as an environmental phenomenon. Yes. And so we have, you know, 500 years plus of Eurocentric oppression of anyone really who's not European in this country you know, beginning with the treatment of native people all the way through, you know, today. I mean, really, and you, and you, you simply cannot divorce, you cannot divorce the fact that America as a country, which we all proclaim to love, was founded on slavery, right? That without slavery, America would not exist. Mm. And so therefore we, we have to reconcile that history with who we are as a, as a country and as a people. And so you have 500 years of inequity, 500 years of oppression, and 500 years of, of couched privilege on one side, colliding at the same time with a global pandemic that has no vaccine, very little treatment, and the only thing we know about it is that it spreads in large groups and it spreads among people. Um, and, and I just, I've been thinking about that so deeply that like, I can't, I'm so scared, right? That like, like apoc apocalyptic, it right? Does. Kind of it's it apocalyptic. Does. And I'm, I'm like wildly aware of the fact that I have a job. I have oh, a yes. comfortable home yes. and I'm still feeling vulnerable yeah. and scared. Yeah. And so how do people feel who, who are, are not, not employed? That. That's what I just, I right? think about. I do. I think I'm just, and I think just a part of that, you know, you don't want to feel guilty for you. Okay. I got a job. Thank goodness. But yeah. who, you know, but it's like, just being grateful for that. You know, I have that. So what can, that's what I'm saying. What can I do? What can I do? I know you got to keep everybody safe. You got it. But what can I, in my job as an educator, what, what can I do? And I hope every one of us, every single educator out there is thinking that exact question. Yeah, I'm, what can I do? Yeah, I really do. I, I hope, and I don't hope we're being foolish. Like I don't want teachers to just say, I can, I'm just going to go and teach. And if that means I die of COVID, I die. No. Like, I don't want that, but I, I really hope we're all thinking like these resources intellectually, financially, economically, you know, socially, I have all these resources. Yes. Like what can I do with what them? What can I do with to help? Yes. or to be of, of, of help. So those are the things I'm thinking over. I'm also just kind of like, you know, do you go through like highs and lows? Oh, all the time. Yeah. yeah all I'm the like time. in a I'm... little bit of a low right now where I'm worried about like, I'm just, I'm worried that this will not, this will never end. You know, that's yeah. I saw some video on, um, or photos on, uh, on the Instagram of my beloved UNLV library and they have, they're preparing to open for the fall. And so there were all these pictures of ways that they're creating, you know, physical distance for students. And they're just rooms of books and chairs that are closed with caution tape mm. over them. 
and it breaks my heart. Oh gosh. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're taking away all the things that we've built thinking that it's what's safe, but it's not, it's still not. You yeah. Know? It's He's, still not. That's These buildings the, that's are just open and empty. Yes. It's sad. It's, it's especially when you do a library like that. Where I know. Everyone should be, you know. Like, that's one of my favorite places I in the know. world. I know. It's, yeah. But so I'm, I'm trying not to be negative. I, I, I am trying to see the positive and, and like this is, this is a great example mm -hmm. of something people can do, right? Mm -hmm. Like talk to other people. Yes. Ask them, what was that video you showed me where it's like, meet people who are not white yeah. like <laughs> read books by people who are not white like, yeah you get different perspectives <laughs> you know and i just i'm going to just say it's all you know we our our children you know uh, spend time in school or with yep. their educators a lot and we have such a big you know Job. impact yeah. on them too and i still you know i still remember my sixth grade teacher miss federally who was white yeah and she taught me, I'm, I'm almost like the one who knows more about a Native American. You know, I'm the one where I'm like, well, don't you guys know that this was, you know, she didn't tell us what was in the history book. She would go to, you know, Arizona and Mexico and bring back the pyramids and bring back and, and you know, learn about the Native American and Quetzalcoatl and the games they played. And, nice. and we, you know, it's. I was, you know, empowered then, yeah. you know, so it's, and it's those, and you don't have to be black, you don't have to be Latino, you know, as a teacher, you could be a white teacher. Yeah, you're Ooh, a just, resource. Just, yes, yes, you could just educate, educate yourself, and then you're able to educate, and that's how we're going to change. That's and how we're going to change consistently with the students. Yes. You know, I teach African-American history. Yes. And every single semester I start by just saying like, do you all have any questions for me? And there was only one time and I'll never forget it that a, that a black man said to me, are you like mixed? <laughs> are you like skin? <laughs> are you like, do you have like light skin? And I was like, are you That's asking hilarious. me if I'm black? That's what my sister said too. So <laughs> she yeah, did. yeah. I said, are you asking me if I'm black? And he was like, well, this is a class called African-American mm. history. And I was like, I'm not black, right? I'm not black, but I, and I'm not telling you how to be black. That's not what this class is about. Like, I can't do but that. Let me share what I know. But you I can, can share yeah. what I know, yeah. right? I can share what I know. And, and, and you give me your perspective on that. Yes, That's what it's about. Together. You just start the conversation. I don't know everything, but I may, you're able to start the conversation. I think that's wonderfully brave of you. And yeah. if there was more white teachers who um, weren't afraid to do that because they're brilliant. Just they're ask brilliant questions. Teachers. Just ask questions yes. or jump or jump or... You know, we have to get away from talking about race or, ooh, I don't want to say that. We have to get past that because yeah. if we don't, we're never going to hash this out. We're never going to solve problems. We're never going to get, you know, if we can't act like things aren't happening, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. we can't be afraid to agree to disagree. Or say, I don't know. Yeah, so, you know, I, tr I struggle with the same, yeah. you know, I have to, re I struggle with this, you know, like we talked about bias. Mm. I have biases, right? I have certain things that I like. Somebody might say something that maybe the rest of the black community might not agree with, and I just will say, "Hey, I kind of understand." You know, the yeah. whole thing with the I'm working through that now, but like you know, with the George Floyd horrible situation, mm -hmm. and but then again, well, there shouldn't even be a but on that. But some of our black communities were 
you know, young men are dying. And I know that's separate, and I know that's coming from something else, and I know the hopelessness in that. But we, as black people, including myself, and this might be my call to action, hmm. need to do something about that, too. Something. We need to do something about that, you know, and you... You can go, we want, we like to look things in the surface, but we don't, do we go to those neighborhoods? Do we see that, you know, hey, I don't want to generalize, I don't want to stereotype, but maybe this, there's no hope. There's no teacher to connect to. There's nothing. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to join a gang. Who's going to stop me, right? Yeah. Who is going to tell me that's, you know, wrong? What do, what do I have at home to, you know, to tell me this is wrong? So it just goes so much deeper that we need to stop and look at all of those things. Mm, but. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, we, we all have questions, right? We all have biases. We all have, you know, things. It's, it's thinking those out and going, hmm, but it's horrible. But let's look at other, you know, things yeah. too. So it's educating ourselves. It's not just generalizing or, or that. It's, yeah. It's, it's educating ourselves. I, all I of agree. It. And that's how we're going to, and not being afraid to talk about it and yeah. bring up the elephant in the room. Or not being, it's, it's so important that we acknowledge one of the like highest levels of intellect is to acknowledge that you know what you don't what know. What I don't know. Like acknowledge that you don't yes. know specific things. Right. Or ask or say, yeah. you know, that's what I love when we have our conversations on race. I love yeah. the people who go. Just what I said and go, well, what about, you know, I don't want, I don't like getting off the topic. I don't like when we're talking about race yes, and racism. And then we say, well, women aren't, we're, you we can deal with like women right now. Bullied. Women do yeah. not have all the yeah. rights that they need. I understand that. But we're, but when you're kind of discrediting people who we're here to talk about race yeah. and, are, and want to experience that and want to be educated about that. So let's have another one on that but right now I want you here I want you focused on race yeah. that's what I want you to do I want you to focus no women so it's almost like no so I don't like that but I do like the questions where you know it might get a little heated it might people might say well you know I was able to, so okay that's what I feel and then you hear someone of color talk about their experience and just sort of listening to each other I love that and there might be a little questions yeah. there might be some well I don't understand then listen to someone who's saying, well, let me tell you why it's like that. And yes, be open to it. Yes. You know, there's nothing. It's hard for me to say that's scary because I'm you and I, we're not scared. To, you're not scared to tell me about your biases. I'm not scared to tell you about your, we're not scared to talk about race. So it's kind of hard for us. But to how say, did we get there? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think you all, I'm all, I'm all, yeah, I think you always had that. You know, I but was like, we didn't okay. like, we didn't go through a bunch of team building exercises. No, like, we, didn't. we sought each other out. We felt like a connection yeah. and we just became, I, I like, that's and it's amazing. just talking about yeah. it. So we know, yeah. you know, talking about it, it just kind of opens things up. So yeah. um, that, I, I think that's so healthy. And I, mm-hmm. I do understand there's a lot of fear. And I do understand that depends on what your personality is. And you don't want to feel attacked or you don't want to discover, oh, maybe I have biases. We all have biases. I just told you I have biases too, right? <laughs> we all have biases, right? So we, we all do. And, and the great thing about it is to recognize it and go, you know what I did? So how can I stop that? Yes. How can I stop thinking that? Yes. That's where you get change. Because you're not a perfect little angel and you don't, you know, ooh, I'm, you know, I'm thinking Mother Teresa. I said this before somebody, but oh, me and Mother Teresa, she might have had some biases, right? Well, we read her 
from her book and she did have some. So well, she would have had to, yeah. and then she would have had to acknowledge, acknowledge them and it and pray them. over yep. it. And if you're religious, pray over it. Say, why do I feel this way? Or why is this that way? And, you know, I, I tell you about my, my bias, you know, the, the baggy pants. I always use that. I just like, ooh, something about wearing the baggy pants, wearing the pants down by the way. I'm like, <laughs> why are you doing that? And if I have a student come in there, the first thing I'm like, what are you doing wearing those baggy pants? And then I'm thinking, but this, ha because he has baggy pants, does not know I'm a writing teacher. Mm. He can write, and it has happened. He writes a beautiful paper. So you yeah. can't judge people because he doesn't want to pull up his pants that he doesn't know how to write. So it's just maybe that might be something that, ooh, can you pull up your pants? But it, we, <laughs> it's we have to understand we have biases, but you have to check yourself and say that's not right. Right, right. right. You know, whether your little idiosyncrasies that you have, yeah. talk about them. Mm -hmm. That has nothing, and that has helped me. That has helped. We, we see so much in the media it gets into our brains, right? And we subconsciously, it, you know, it comes out. So it's up to us to check in and say that has nothing, that has nothing to do with anything. Well, it's the same thing you started the, the whole thing with. It, like, we are a sum of the five people we spend most of our time with. So it's in the media, but it's also reflective of the people informing our yes. worldview. So yes. think about some of the folks that, like, are the hardest to convince. Oh. And it's like, well, they're probably really hard to convince because everyone around them is hard to convince. Exactly. And so it's like, I, you just go back to this whole... This whole thing started with you and I, Andrea, when we did the Your Divided Classroom concept yes. of like your classroom, and I hope, I hope teachers who are listening to this, like statistically, demographically, your classroom may be the only place in an entire lifetime that a student comes in knowing contact with other people who are violently different from them intellectually and mentally, right? Like oh, yes. at, at so church, they're surrounded by other people who are just like them. At family functions, they're surrounded by other people who think just like them, right? If you go to a classroom, you have what's called viewpoint diversity. And it's only in a classroom that this happens, except maybe like swim lessons or something, yes. right? Or maybe sports. But for the most part, our classrooms are like the only place in the world or maybe that, an airport and even, <laughs> exactly and that brings us to you know i just kind of think that and i think of because i also teach at asu and i had a class that was we did the project together the oral history project oh, so um, my students would did you know to because i was just starting and i said let's just pick you know oral histories education so some of my students they were largely white mm. right oh you mean and immigration I, you did immigration Im what did i just say i thought you said education Oh, immigration. Yeah, immigration, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, no, thanks for catching okay. me. Yeah. Yes, immigration, and we did it on immigration because they have a, a database. Yeah, the ASU they, uh, Chicano Research Library Chicano has li a database yes, research, of And we also have the Library of Congress, so it was something that we could, you know, I made everybody do the immigration when usually I let them topic, but as, since this yeah. was like a little trial yeah, pilot, I said everybody do that. So, yeah. of course, you're going to have lots of varying you know, um, did they have to be uh, Mexican American or, or Latino immigration? Or could be any immigrant. So what cool. I had them do, yeah. I had them pick a, I say a more, you know, older one, maybe oh, okay. in the, yeah. you know, 30s or whatever, okay. and then a current one, right? Perfect. More contemporary. Yeah. yeah. So they and that they can go to the database and get the ones, you know, uh, Ellis Island and things, and then they could pick one in their. Eric could be student on who's immigrated, right? Yeah. And. I tell you, I had probably about when they reflect on it, they say, wow, because just think about it. You're, you're reading 
experiences of maybe somebody's Irish or something and they came over and you're understanding that and then maybe with all the media, like we talked about, you're hearing all these negative things and then you actually sit down with someone <laughs> a who's human being. a human being who's immigrated, who's worked yeah. hard, yeah. who's done that, family had to do this, sacrifice and whatever. And I tell you, I, most of the people on that project reflected and said, I have a new, not that I, and I, as a teacher, I shouldn't change minds, right? Right. I should just provide them with the inf information. Yeah. yeah. And I tell you, reading those reflections, like I have, I kind of understand. Good. It's tough. Yeah. Right? It yeah. Was, it's tough. It's not easy. So it's only, this might've been the only you know, time where you, as a student, and then they're presenting in front of each other, only time where they're talking and actually talking to someone or interviewing someone who, you know, Arizona's a big, Arizona State's a big campus, actually yeah. talking to someone who's had to do that. And then yet they're still in school. Yeah. They're still doing that. And just understanding like, wow, all this media that I'm hearing, that's not true. And then they also had to research based on the historical immigration, based on the more contemporary immigration based on what you're hearing in the media, I want you to reflect on that. Oh, wow. And most of them were, you know what? I, I understand. It's not hard. And yeah. people are, you know, so not that I'm trying to change because as a teacher, I shouldn't say, hey, think the way I think. And it shouldn't. Eat. No. But you want your students to think for themselves. Yep. And it's so... To, you know, you look at CNN, which can be a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Then you look at Fox, and that's a little crazy. Mm. So it's like you get one thing, you're not hearing everything. You get so it's, and then you either you you you're not used to thinking, so you say, hmm, I guess I'll pick this one and let. let. I'll just I'll just and read you and the I comments on Facebook. My Facebook feed. I'm getting all these people, the conspiracies and all these other things, or the you know, it's it's just like educate yourself. Yes, yes. So coming up. We have two interviews, um, one you know about and one I just, I just solidified this morning and I cannot wait to tell you about it. So the first is Dr. Sarah Simons from UT Austin. Yes, who she wrote is, a, a Newsweek article. Yeah, right? okay. and I read about it um, a while back. And I was, I'm, we're, we're still, we're still talking about like the, the mental trauma that students mm. are going to be going through right now. And, and her article was about the trauma our students will be facing as they return to campus, okay. um, as a result of COVID-19. And she's agreed to be interviewed next week, which is awesome. And then I mentioned this to you in email. I just think you're going to love this. So there's a team of, uh, researchers at Rose Holman university, and they put together a short video, I want to say it's probably about four minutes long, um, about, it's called Black Engineering Faculty Speak. Oh, I saw the Have video. Have you seen the video? Seen the pod. Yes. In the pod, yes. Yes. And I reached out to um, Dr. Carlotta, Carlotta Berry, who was one of the leads of that team, um, and I just said, would you be interested in being interviewed? And she responded with like uh, copying the entire team that put the video together. So there's probably six or seven oh my. all STEM specific oh engineering my faculty. God. Yeah, and I she, love she it. said we'd like to. They had some questions. We went back and forth. And just this morning, she said next Thursday, the 16th, they are all going to call in, and we're going to get to interview oh them. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I'm we're getting so big time, y'all. Big time. <laughs> That I'm is, so I thought it was excited. beautiful. That Wasn't was, it beautiful? That was fantastic. I did oh. see it. Because I know we're always, I think I clicked on it. Um, 
because we are, if those of you out there listening, it's a pod. I don't oh, can't explain um, it. It's, um, it's a listserv. A listserv. Mostly for faculty um, developers. Mm-hmm. So people who are either working on the instructional design side or people who are senior faculty who kind of take on a mentoring role at their institution. So that's okay. the listserv yes. Andrea and I are on. And then we get like these emails from yeah. all over the country, right? All so over. The, yeah. So yeah. all just, I love information overload, you know, yep. anything. And, and when it said STEM, I know you and I are always trying to yes. think of um, culturally responsive teaching in the STEM. in STEM. How can we give you know the importance of that, and um, really trying to make that a part of our our teaching and our presenting mm-hmm. uh, and our facilitating. So I clicked on it and I said, "Wow, this is really this amazing." Just says says it all right it's just really good you got the faculty there um it's yeah and there was something they kept repeating over again I don't know but it was well they did this really cool poem where they had um an individual say you know I uh, I did this I am you know um Brianna Taylor right they let them I am her name and then they did this amazing thing that I mean fully gave me chills where they would have just people standing and they would just say black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives. And it was a new person every single time. And it, and it, I just, what's so frustrating is that the people who watch it are people who are already on board. You know what I mean? It's like, I want people who aren't on board to watch these things and see like, here is a, a, a human being standing in front of you saying my life matters. Yes. My life matters. And how could you question that? They're not saying that, my life matters more than etc. They're right. saying my life I'm, counts. Just my life counts. Right. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. And the just the number of faculty who are of African American descent or, you know, of African descent or black descent, however they identify, showing up in this video. It's rad. No, I thought it's it was so rad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is awesome. So we get to interview them yes. next week. So it's going to be a good week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We got a good. Okay. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. No, Who that, else do you want to get? Is there anybody else we should try to reach out? To? Um, It'll come to me. Yeah. I had someone in mind. Any, anyone you're thinking yes. about? When I was at UNLV, there was a woman uh, who worked in the Brookings Institute at UNLV. Her name was Sonia Douglas Horsford. Okay. And she wrote this book, Learning in a Burning House. Um, and Burning House is a reference to a Martin Luther King Jr. quote about oh. how um, essentially like you're living in a burning house, like the mm. house is burning, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, educational inequality, ideology, and disintegration. And I thought of uh, Dr. Horsford as we've been, mm. we've been talking through these things because she really talks about the role of education um, in America and in civil rights and, and um, racial uplift, right? So I looked her up. She's at Columbia University's Teachers College now. She, oh, so she she's is. left at UNLV. Oh. And she just wrote a book on inequity in higher education. Oh, my God. And so I reached out to her at Columbia. Um, it's summertime, so who knows. But you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. I would love to interview her because she's oh. just amazing. As a woman and as a writer, she's someone I, I really appreciate quite oh a bit. Oh, my God. And you yeah. know that, since you said that, then I kind of got my mind going... Um, I, I shared a chapter from the book. Um, I think it was, I don't know. I'm not going to butcher the title, but he's also Daryl Sue. Oh yeah. Daryl Wang Sue, who's at 
Teachers College at Columbia. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's they're both is. at the same school. And he wrote this book on how to communicate. And there's one particular chapter that I think I shared with you that just goes, it goes through all of the uh, responses that we normally get and how to, I think I talked earlier about how sometimes people tend to throw it off, you know, try to yes. throw it off to another direction. Derail. Well, talk about women need, derail it, yes, derail it need to talk about the women's rights or we need to, you know, or I was born, you know, not saying you mm. weren't born poor, not saying that women's rights and they do matter. But right now we need, let's talk about race first. Yeah. Let's, that's what, that's why we're here. Yeah. Just for this so one conversation. Just for this one conversation. <laughs> we got a lot of other things. Other <laughs> Lord knows we do. And yeah. that's important also. But mm -hmm. right now we're here. Let's don't disrespect. So he has very good responses for that. And I'm not, you know, I think we do a great job when we do it but there's always thing where there's curveballs that yes. we get and yes. I'm always trying to learn to be you know I want to be tactful I want to um, validate people's experiences and excellent book yeah um, he I, you know he's been on you know CNN and he's been on you know whatever so that's kind of the dream up there with um, I think I said Robin. What did I, Robin D'Angelo? Right? Yes, yeah, of course. Oh, yes. Oh my God, that would be great. But yes. um, he, that's a very, you know, very important book. Also, mm -hmm. I think that's very important. I would love to pick yeah. his brain. So, what are some things that you've been doing outside of this? Books that you've read, movies you've watched that you think uh, Wasim and Andrew and Susan and uh, who else? Let's see. Who else is a regular listener? Shelly. Uh, hey, Mike guys, and Chelsea. Thank you. Hi, guys. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. So any books or movies or TV shows you think they should watch? You know, watch? I'm always reading, you know, books and, you know, you know, about race, about discussion. Lately, that's been my summer thing because yes. that's kind of taken a lot, um, you know, but really important work that, that we're doing on that. So just trying to stay up and that. But, you know, I... There's a, I'm getting into Ozark. Oh, yeah. Started to watch that on Netflix. You know, I sometimes need a fan. You know, I, I can get so mm -hmm. entrenched in something, you mm -hmm. know, so I need another, you know. And then my, my husband and I never agree on anything. No way. On even on what to watch? Uh, no, we oh, don't. No. Like, he'll, you know, some weird thing or the Spider-Man or the something or whatever. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to watch. So we, we have to watch it separately. <laughs> <laughs> so that's bad. So I'm trying to we're we're trying to get to do the Ozark one. Yep. So that's kind of my fun. My, I love Ozark. My, you know, happy time where I can kind of like, well, I'm always happy. Well, not always happy, but I'm can kind of unplug, unplug, take away I'm, I'm the love for words today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of you know, Calgon take me away type of thing. Mm. I love that. That's kind of it, you know? That's, yeah. Yeah, and been really busy with work. Yes. You know, I think, yes. yes. We've our created a lot of work equity. for ourselves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> with the, well, I enjoy, you know, and I enjoy our yep. Tuesdays and Thursdays. I enjoy our time, our, I our too. podcast. I do that. And They're I, like sacred to me. They are. My dad and I, my dad's teaching me to golf. And the other day he said something and he said, you know, let's go golfing on Tuesday. Or it was something oh, like good. that. And I, was, and I was like, no, Tuesdays are off limits. Yeah, Tuesdays, <laughs> Tuesdays are, are off my limits. Day, my interview days with Andrea. Yeah. Let's see. I read, like you, I've been searching for ways to, to unplug or almost escape. Yes. Um, because we spend so much time inundated in these things, and yet I, as I said, said earlier, I'm not so great with fiction. So every summer I take like a 
a topic and I try to immerse myself in that for Ooh. fun. Like it's usually like something to do with style, beauty, um, oh. or cooking. And so several years ago, I got really interested in, in kind of French culture. So I read like all the French cookbooks. I read the French style books. Ooh, um, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of a cool little independent study that you do on your own. Last summer I did, um, like Italian, Italian cookbooks, Italian culture, Italian design. And so this summer I thought, well, I'm going to really focus on like African-American and black women style and beauty and, oh. and cooking and, you know, lifestyle. Oh. So the one I'm reading right now, and I put it up so I wouldn't forget about it, is The Politics of Black Women's Hair by Althea Prince. Oh, yes, honey. You have you read, read it? That. I have not, but that sounds very fun. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm my like, This gosh. is fantastic. Yeah, honey, it's a whole thing. I know. And I, I never, I never really had an opinion, like... It's interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, like I know there's a claim that white people think black women's hair is good in one way or not in another. Mm. But I never really like identified with that opinion. I always just like whenever like my girls come in or my, my students come in, they uh -huh. have a new hairdo. I get so excited. Yeah. Like, oh, I love it's your like, hair. Yeah, we can be very flexible with our hair. That's I the know. Thing. And I want to know about it. Like, do they? Is it because they like, did they sit and do the braids? Is it a weave? Like, I always want to know, but I never want to ask unless they talk about yeah, it. And no, then you gotta ask. ask. Yeah, then just I go ask. in there. But yeah. just, yeah. And then if they tell you off and do something, that's fine. <laughs> I had one student who every single day yeah. had a different do. So yeah. I figured out quickly it was a, it was a wig. Yeah. She'd have different wigs. Oh, yes. But we, we are creative. I love with it. That. Like, I want to know all about it. It's a it. whole thing. It's a power. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's something. It's so cool. And don't touch it. Oh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh, that's Isn't there a book or an article that says, no, you can't touch my hair? I think there might a, be. I think there's that's a big thing. That's yeah. yeah don't yeah. be going around touching stuff. No. no. Uh, oh uh, my God. How that's aggressive. Interesting. And then there's another book and I have to do a, a plug for this. And I emailed this to our little group. Um, mm -hmm. I was in Flagstaff over the 4th of July, and uh, Flagstaff, you know, is home to Northern Arizona University, mm -hmm. and there's a journalism professor, instructor there by the name of Annette McGivney, and she wrote an, a book um, a few years ago called Pure Land, and it is um, an unbelievable, incredible narrative account of, um, do you know the Havasu Falls or the Havasu Canyon? At the, Grand, yes. at the Grand Canyon. So she wrote um, this, this amazing account of a young woman who was a Japanese tourist who was murdered at the bottom of the Grand Canyon oh. um, on Havasupai Territory at the Havasu Falls. And what she did, it was about 2007 when this happened, um, McGivney traces three stories. She traces Tomomi, Tomomi uh, the woman who was the tourist, um, the young native man who admitted to murdering her, and then Annette's own childhood story. And she traces these three parts oh all throughout the book about this beautiful, sacred place in the Grand Canyon. And in it, she's also telling stories and histories of Native American people. Mm. Um, she goes into Supai background. She goes into Navajo a little bit. And she goes into Sioux back, the Lakota Sioux. And it was just the most beautiful book and it and i read it in three days i mean oh i just did gosh. not put it you gotta give me the title i to will that. I, I'll, yeah. I have it up I'll, I'll be sure to loan it to you because it's it's so good oh, so that's that's kind of those are my suggestions those two books um althea prince and annette mcgivney's books are both really great oh those are yeah. oh wow you have you always have some good ones i, I need try to kind of i can't you know lately i just haven't been able to sit still you know, i know 
just uh, mind is going all the time. <laughs> what is that from? So I don't know, but um, it's good to kind of force myself to get away and always reading, but always just sometimes you you know something that's not going to cause you too much stress. You know, something just can't a add story, to it. right? Yes. Just yes. a story, someone's story. Yeah. It's very or learn about something. So that's great. Yeah. Well, before we end, um, I want to encourage our listeners to find us on social media. We're at SMCC History, or you can send us an email at historysouthmountain at gmail.com. Our website is southphoenixoralhistory.com. And I want to give a shout out to South Mountain Community College. Did you see the newspaper articles about um, the testing at South Mountain? I saw that. Wasn't that that? I was so proud. We had (gasps) scheduled with... um, a local American Legion and a local nonprofit, SMCC scheduled four free days of COVID-19 oh. testing. Last week on the second was the first day and there were lines two miles in either direction oh my gosh. for these free tests. You don't have to have symptoms. You don't have to have any sort of, you know, connection to COVID. Just, just, just have, bring yeah. an ID and show up. And what's incredible is that in three days, they had one on the second and the third and then one on yesterday this testing site at our college, our little college oh. that gets discounted all the time in the middle of South Phoenix, which is one of the hot spots, mm. Um, mm. has become the largest testing facility in the entire country. Oh my gosh! Yes. And awesome. it was so successful that South Mountain Community College has now committed to 30 days of free testing. Now that's community work right there. I agree. That's community work. I agree. That's beautiful. This is our college. We have 40 years of serving people and we will continue to do it even in a crisis. Yes. And and, and sometimes because of I saw Sherry's um, email out there and I'm like, oh my God, how fantastic. Now this is good work. It's such good Good work. work. So bravo to SMCC and um, yeah, it's awesome. Proud of that proud of that well we're done we're done how do you feel i feel great feel great thanks everybody (laughs) thank you so much it's been great have a good one bye-bye you can find us at southphoenixoralhistory.com send us an email at historysouthmountain at gmail.com or find us on social media at smcc history music provided by jake and emily speck